Hi, and welcome to Kindy Week in Review, your weekly look at all that's news in the world of kids' music and beyond. I'm your host, Stefan Shepard, and for those of you listening in the United States of America, it is Thanksgiving week, which is a week filled, hopefully, of family, food, and friends. And in a nod to that, I am not going to be doing my weekly preparation of links and news and recording just to release it on Thanksgiving morning when nobody is listening. They are probably watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, which for kindy-related reasons, which I am not at liberty to discuss, you should totally watch the whole parade. Anyway... Rather than doing that, I am just going to take the easy way out and play for you an interview with Molly Ledford for my my other other gig show. I recorded this a couple weeks ago, and some of you may have heard it, but in case you hadn't, I wanted to play it here so you would have the opportunity. So if you happen to hear that interview with Molly, uh, feel free to... Fast forward, finish this podcast, and go back to the turkey. But if you haven't heard it, I really recommend you do stick around for the next half hour or so and listen because it's a really fun interview. Anyway, I will be back next week. You can find all the regular links to all the chart news on the page for this episode at the website. This is episode 41, and I will talk to you next week. Shoot me emails at zooglobal at earthlink.net. Rate and review the podcast in iTunes if it so moves you, and talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Hi, and welcome to my other, other gig, the show featuring conversations with kindy musicians and other folks in the kindy world about their non-kindy music obsessions. Today, I'm joined by Molly Ledford of the awesome South Carolina kindy band Lunch Money, and I'm Hello. going to be talking to... And I'm going to be talking to her today about, well, it's sort of about kindy music, but it's also about a lot of other stuff as well. She is working with a puppetry duo in South Carolina to uh, premiere a new puppet musical called Planet Hopping, which just sounds and looks awesome. And so I wanted to talk to Molly about that today and about stretching one's own self in different creative ways. So Molly, welcome to the show. Hello. <laughs> so, Planet Hopping is a puppet musical. I've, d- I've described that correctly, correct? Yes. Or sometimes we even say space puppet musical. Space puppet musical, which, you know, <laughs> there, may, there may have been other, I, there are other puppet musicals, but yeah. this, I believe, is the first space puppet musical. So, um, Maybe. why don't you, do you have any... Before we talk about planet hopping specifically, do you have memories of puppet shows from when you were a kid or or earlier, like as, you know, as a mom, as a parent, sort of puppet shows, taking your kids to puppet shows? Um, well, some particular group of puppets really, I think, shaped my just I guess this particular group of puppets that had a big impact on me as a person were the Muppets. Oh, yeah. And so Jim Henson is a, is is one of my heroes. And um, I've I've always loved the Muppets. And um, didn't, I didn't you get one of those uh, um, make your own <laughs> Muppets at one point? 
<laughs> yes, my brother got me one of those for Christmas, and I cried, and everything went. And um, yes, and I recently bought a little finger puppet that looks just like Jim Henson holding Kermit. Off of <laughs> so, I got Yeah, and um, uh, and the Muppets, I just think were were so amazing. And when Kimi and Lion, who together make up uh, this puppet puppet company, Belle et Bet, um, approached me about this. That was the first thing I thought about is that, um, I really want to do this. I really want to be involved with puppeteers. I've never, that's not puppet making is nothing I've ever tried. And, and I don't need to be in charge of that. I, I like writing, writing songs and singing, but if I could be aligned with some puppeteers, um, and, and create a visual element to a show because having played in Lunch Money for 10 years now, you know, we're sort of wanting to, to change it up a little bit. I think we're, we're finding the limits of, of uh, you know, of what the, what the show has been for us and kind of looking for, for new ways to entertain an audience and new ways to draw them in. Um, because not not to put down on us, but we're not all that visually exciting, just as is. I think you refer to us as the the t-shirtiest band out there, something, and that's our thing. You know, we just show up in our t-shirts and our jeans, and we play our songs. And the visual thing that's going to happen, that's going to be exciting, is if you know children start dancing, and it just turns into a, you know a really fun party, um, and that's what's visually exciting. Um, and I'm sure, you know, playing instruments is, is also interesting for people to watch someone play instruments, but to have puppets and scenery costumes and video projections that are sort of transporting you, um, I thought that that would allow us to even explore different moods and, and not worry about so much the, the restlessness that comes from an audience when you when you play a quieter song or something like that, you, it, uh, having interesting visuals buys you a little more time. And, um, yeah, it does. I, you know, I know that I've, uh, I remember having conversations with conversation with the guys in, uh, recess monkey and, uh, they were, they were excited. I think maybe it was the, the, one of their circus shows where they were excited because they were going to be given the opportunity to play, two or three or four of their slower songs that they don't typically get to play in their standard 45, 50 minute set where, you know, it's all the up-tempo songs where the kids are go, go, go. Um, they were excited because they got to play some of their songs that they don't normally get to play. And so I, I understand what you're talking about in terms of the visuals uh, helping to, you know, I don't want to say distract the kids, but it, it gives them something else they can uh, focus on uh, during perhaps a, a, a slower interlude. Right, to captivate them, you know, to captivate one of their senses, yeah, while they're listening. I can totally imagine that, like, Recess Monkey has such beautiful, sweet songs, like, that that I adore. Like, I really love... That, right, like, they probably yeah. never get played in concert. <laughs> right, and I was just suddenly, when you were saying that, I was picturing someone up on a trapeze slowly to one of those. And I was like, Oh yeah, I bet that's awesome. Um, so yeah, this kind of allows, I mean, I, a lot of the songs of the show are pretty rocking, but yeah, there are definitely also some, some softer ones and we're getting into a story and characters. It's the shows, um, it's science fiction and it also 
there's real stuff about the solar system and planets. Um, and then there's some, you know, fudging and some science fiction <laughs> in there too. Um, but it's also a lot about characters and that's, that's where I started to have a lot of fun. And that's where I think that I really looked to my love of, of the Muppets and Jim Henson and Frank Oz and, um, the other writers that I tried to, as, as, as I was helping develop the story and try to figure out who my character was and different things like that. I, I remembered that, that it's a lot of fun when characters don't necessarily get along all that well, <laughs> um, you know, when they can have their little persnickety, um, just relationships already in place yet they all kind of needed each other in the Muppets, but they weren't, you know, like, so I, my character's kind of needy. I'm, my character is Melinda from, uh, who was once had a big hit called do the orbit with her band, Melinda and the molecules. Um, but it's kind of <laughs> like she was a one hit wonder and that, it didn't work out. And, um, so she got this job, as a cruise director on this, on this, this, this tour of the solar system on this ship. So it's, it's like the, the audience are the, are the passengers on this tour. Um, and it's a cruise and I'm the cruise director and, um, you know, scooters, it's a little homage to them up. It's because scooters, <laughs> scooters, uncle owned the theater ah. and, and, and sort of had a little, um, he had a little power over Kermit because of that. And so um, my character, I think, is slightly influenced by Miss Piggy, you know, the neediness of Miss Piggy, the, you know, looking for the validation. But also I have a little power over uh, the main character because she works for – she essentially works for my uncle. She's piloting this ship, and um, and she's trying to get away with doing uh, additional experiments along the way and um i'm kind of getting in her way a little bit cool. well I, I do want to talk a little bit more about the idea of of story <coughs> excuse me and uh the show in particular but i i do want to sort of loop back first and just talk a little bit about the origin so um this was something that kimmy and lion who are the the duo who are bell a bet uh, came to you about so how how did that introduction happen why what and what prompted them to come to you to say we've got this really great idea and we'd love you to be a part of it to help us with it well they're um they both have a lot of like a lot of years behind them with puppetry and they're both skilled in um well they're they're both wonderful artists uh the, the the artwork and this is I'm thrilled by and um they make great Kimi makes amazing sets and Lion is it was like a sculptor you know making these marionettes and just the expressiveness of them but they had never done they'd never really done anything where it was live like normally um it's a pre-recorded audio track and puppets are performing to it and they wanted to try because they had decided to form this partnership together. They wanted to try something for families and they wanted to have live music as part of the show. And um, so while in other cities there are 
numerous <laughs> bands to choose from. <laughs> Lunch Money in Columbia, South Carolina is is the only game in town. <laughs> <laughs> you are the monopoly. <laughs> right. Right. And um so so they picked us. They they you know, we they they knew who we were and um they were just like, Would you be interested in trying something like this? And I was like, Yeah, I would love to try something like this. And so that's just kind of how it got it st- got started. And so did they come to you and say, we have this great idea for a space puppet musical? Or did they come to you and say, we want to do something with kids and live music? I mean, sort of where in the spectrum uh, was that? It, it was first, it was just we want to do something with kids and live music. And then it became um, there was what then it became like we'd kind of like to do something with space and then uh then it was kimi who who wrote the first script and then we just started working with that and um kind of like all throwing out different ideas for um how it could go and the the the, the story really evolved and even kind of evolved just based on things that we sort of naturally stumbled on, like um, Lion is, a, he just sort of beatboxes a lot, mm-hmm. just as sort of almost like a, uh, almost like a, when it when his phone's on hold in his mind, you know, or something. Like he's, um, he just kind of like while he's thinking, it's sort of a processing noise, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, so you're talking to him and and then all of a sudden he's beatboxing in the middle of the conversation. And so um, I kind of wanted I was like, we need to include that in the show. And so his character, one of the puppets he was making was the rabbit sidekick that um, it's a rabbit robot who's the sidekick. So our our hero is Stella Spark and um, and. She's a prodigy, a uh, child prodigy astrophysicist, um, kind of stuck in this now kind of humdrum routine of, of, of driving this space cruise, cruise ship. And her rabbit robot sidekick has kind of been with her her whole life. And um, but Lion was sort of beatboxing and making different whirring noises. And I was like, hey, maybe the deal is the robot is a, it, it, he's he's actually kind of old and he's a little bit malfunctioning and this, these are the noises that he makes. And, um, and, and I ended up writing that, this song rickety robot and, and ended up realizing like, Oh, and maybe my character can't stand him. You know? So, so it was kind of like, ah, Stella and a robot that's always <laughs> embarrassing us, you know, when the countdown doesn't go right and everything. So, you know, so some natural just some natural familiar irritations between the characters started emerging and started sort of um, adding more interesting detail to the main story, which is about um, Stella sending these transmissions out into space and trying to figure out if if there's anyone else out there that um, that she could meet out there in outer space. So um, it looks like uh, just based on the videos that I've I've seen that um, and you'd mentioned her. So in terms of puppets, these are all marionettes. Um, it's a combination of there are, there are marionettes. There's a sock puppet at one point. There's a um, uh, 
there there are there's a puppet that does have a moving mouth there's other puppets that like the hand the hand is the face the hand is inside the head but the real hand kind of like Swedish chef style okay the, the real hand is is the hand of the puppet so they're using a variety of styles and they do work with 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 shadow um because there's projections you know they'll they're they're aware of what kind of shadows the puppets are casting behind them um and um oh there's something else i was gonna say oh well yeah (laughs) so (laughs) go uh, ahead sorry how long how long did it take? So when did they first? When did they approach you? So what's? How long has it taken to uh, develop this uh, musical here? I think we were first talking uh, in like January or February. Oh wow! So that's actually pretty. Qu- I mean, to me, that sounds like. Um, I mean, obviously, ten months is not nine. Ten months is not the speed of light, but it's also fairly quickly from the genesis of an idea to performing in front of an audience. We kind of have done an insane amount of work. <laughs> <laughs> like there's times where we've been like, what are, um, because, because everyone is, everyone is really serious about their craft, you know? So, um, I could these puppets are 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 amazing and like jay's working a lot with sound effects and um you know kimi with the sets and just everything and i'm trying to write songs that that are emotional but also scientific (laughs) like that which is and also um, move the plot forward slightly plot forward yeah like like oh i'm writing a musical i have to figure out like when it seems right for someone to break into song um and that's been new for me plus i'm acting too which is new and that's been kind of wild um like that's I, i mean to some extent jp and i have a little bit of a script in mind, I mean, our shows kind of follow a certain pattern, but this is the first time, yeah, we've pretended to be characters. It's the first time I've written for other people. Oh, yeah, and Kimi Lion, not only do they not normally talk live, they've also never sung in oh. a show before. So they're both, so I've uh, had to write, you know, uh, write songs for them too. So there are songs that only that JP is singing by himself. There are songs that um, Kimi and Lion are singing. So it was a really a lot. It was a lot of trust that that um, they put in me to write songs for them that they would feel safe with. And you know, um, so it was really like I feel like we had. This, it's been a major bonding experience, and I just like love these people, and I just they're just some of the smartest people I've ever been around. So I'm just really excited to work with them. It's been really fun. Uh, a couple questions about sort of the collaborative process was, um, was it hard for you? You know, obviously lunch money is a trio and you all uh, work closely together and you're, you're married to one of the other members, right. but um, I've always had this sense that, that lunch money is, is sort of your band. Um, but clearly in this case, you know, you are, uh, an, an equal partner with somebody. Was it hard 
or easy or just different to sort of say to work with somebody else who you knew was on a totally equal footing that there that there was no way that you were going to be able to you know put your foot down and just say no it has to be like this that you were going to have to work through every single uh decision was that easy or hard or or what i i think that it it's one of those things that um it actually wound up being really easy but um i definitely was was nervous about it because uh, you know it is one of these things that everybody's got a vision and but luckily i feel like we were all able to kind of encourage each other in the directions where we felt like there was they were doing something and that's what was sort of like realizing what the other one was doing that was like hey that's really working why don't we work why don't we go this way and yeah there was definitely a part where i wanted like like there was something i wanted to have happen and it just wasn't going to work out in this script and i realized i had you know i had to let it go and and i had to just trust like that that we that it was going to work out and so that you know that's um I think it's a really good experience to have. But the thing is, like, I have so much respect for them and they their special their area of specialty is so different from mine. Um, and I think like they they were really cool about about listening to my ideas. Um, and then I'm just their total cheerleader when it comes to everything that they're creating. So I think that we've all really cheered each other on a lot and um, people have been open to the, to each other's suggestions. Um, and, and I don't think that first, I don't think there was ever really a point where the, the, the visions were so different that it became a problem. It was more like, could we try this? I think it'd be funny or something. <laughs> and, and, and people were, were willing to give it a shot. Cool. And then my, my, my second question, and, and I swear I'll, I'll get back into the more positive questions after this, but um, was, and if you don't feel like you can share this, you know, if it makes you uncomfortable, that, I, I get that. But was there any point in the process where you were saying, I can't believe I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? This was, this was a bad idea. Or, or what was the point in the process where you were, um, where you were most likely to say this is really hard why am i doing this <laughs> yeah i think that's like when the script um hadn't really hit its stride yet and um there was a point where kimi and i were were meeting like almost every day um and like make it like there was like practically a new version of it every day um and we're also working with the um it's it's through an incubator program too that we're doing this. So the the there's the person from the theater is also weighing in. Um, so we've we've been through a lot of plot rewrites. Um, you know, it's been getting to getting to know the characters has has been a big deal, and trying to figure out like would our character do this or would they not, and kind of noticing like ugh, you know, there's a part where I think we were just trying to go through it, and I think Lion said something like this thing is a beast. (laughs) It's kind of like we, we, there's lots of times where we, we almost painted ourselves into a corner, um, like plot wise or, you know, and, and then not to mention 
reading, you know, reading about the moon and being like, how am I going to write a song about this that I care about? And like, oh, and then finding the things and figuring out how to put them together, finding what, you know, what would be the angle? What would somebody be so excited about? And um, not just list off a bunch of stuff about the moon, a la Wikipedia rock. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I think there totally could be a moon Wikipedia musical. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be even harder to market than this. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then talk a little bit about, uh, about how you have gone about getting the word out about this. You know, obviously you've got your own fan base and Bell and Bet have have theirs, but how are how are you um working to try to get folks to come out to see the show? Well, um the, the theater is has done a lot of things like they've actually made a television commercial and I think they have radio ads and um uh and there's going to be an article in the local paper and stuff, but we're sort of realizing we're, we're kind of panicking. Like our people, I don't know if you saw my post the other day. I'm like, please come to it, please. <laughs> like I, I, we're still a little nervous because we don't, you know, we're trying to sell tickets and a lot of times lunch money is a situation where you get to see us for free and we're not sure we're really community, you know, it's, people understand going to the going to the movies and like plunking down, you know, Oh, I just paid $15 for popcorn and a Coke. Well, you know, that's how it goes. But that, you know, $12 to see this musical puppet show, which is actually happening right, in live front of you theater. Real, real humans. Um, and they've been working on this so hard since January. Strangely enough, it's, 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 um, it's kind of hard to get the word <laughs> out. And um, I actually said just yesterday, like, um, I think we need to pull some kind of a stunt. Um, so tomorrow morning I'm going to put on my costume, which is, it's a little bit crazy. And I've got these big Katy Perry fake eyelashes <laughs> and these metal things, kind of um, orbital things around me. And we're going to go down to like the, the kind of the hip farmer's market and um, with a puppet and me and my costume. And I'm going to sing some songs and my kids, I'm going to try to get them dressed as almost like they're part of the, the, uh, you know, the crew, like they're going to have patches on and everything and they're going to be handing out flyers. And hopefully we're going to like make some of the people who might be interested in this, the same people who buy, you know, um, like, uh, well, the same people who would go to the farmer's market with their kids on a Saturday morning. Exactly. If the people who would pay three fifty for a, you know, um, independently made soda, (laughs) which is delicious, but, um, you know, could they come on down, um, to the show? So yeah, um, that's, you know, and then the thing is there's already people contacting lunch money for lunch money. So in that case, I'm saying, Hey, how would you feel about this instead? Brand new music. Right. Rather than boring old t-shirt lunch money, you know, why don't you have planet hopping? Um, and so uh, that's um, like I, I asked Darren from Symphony Space, hey, can I bring puppets? <laughs> and he was like, I don't get a subject line like that very often or something <laughs> like that. Is it okay if I bring puppets? Um, he was like, sure. So um, that's, so um, y- you talked about uh, as we started the conversation about 
uh, stretching yourself, trying to stretch the band, trying to stretch themselves, trying to do other things. I mean, how do you think this experience has changed what else you might do either with lunch money or even, you know, outside of lunch money as an, as an entity, you Molly Ledford as a creative person, how do you think this has impacted you? I feel very empowered by it um, because I didn't know, I didn't, you know, all of this stuff seems really intimidating until you give it a try. And I didn't know that I was capable of writing dialogue or jokes or anything like that. Like I didn't know I could help make up a character or multiple characters. And now I feel well, the other day when we were filming that little rickety robot thing, just to try to give some kind of sense of, hey, look, this is this is also just kind of fun and friendly, not foreboding and weird. Planet hopping, not foreboding and weird. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, you know, I so I'm standing there in front of the space console thing and I've like got like puppets right next to me and I'm like in this costume with a guitar about to sing a song with these puppets next to me and I just was suddenly hit on this really like you know gut emotional level like I feel like I'm on the Muppet show right now (laughs) like I love being like this close to puppets and being in costume and singing a song and it just made me realize that I want to try a lot of different things like, you know, I've often thought about trying to write a screenplay of some kind, and I think I would like to try that. I also think that uh, I've been considering other things for a while, like trying to, you know, have some kind of video podcast of sorts that incorporated music. Um, uh, and, And now I feel like yeah exhilarated to try that if if these people will possibly join me on something like that and um and yeah i just i don't like i still love regular lunch money but i kind of want to figure out how to just take it up a notch and i don't really know like i haven't quite figured out i hope this doesn't make me start to not have as much fun with regular lunch money. I think that, um, you know, I, I, I think that, that I want to completely kind of revamp because we've been playing a lot of the songs we've been playing for a long time and they, they tend to work, but, um, you know, I just, I guess it's made me realize like, Hey, you can create something completely new in, in a matter of months and, it's exciting to do that. So if you want to try to like revamp lunch money, you should do that. And, um, or if you want to just drop it and (laughs) just do stuff with puppets from now on, you know, you can do that. It's like, just make sure you're having a good. Yeah. And well, and I should say as somebody who has been writing a, a kid's music blog for nearly 10 years, I understand sort of the, (laughs) the situation where you're trying to, um, uh, figure out how to stay engaged in your own uh, interests, and but try something new. And how trying something new can sometimes make uh, the thing that you're doing full time or your your main gig more interesting because you're you're itching other s- scratches or scratching other itches <laughs> elsewhere. Right. 
and and so I I think that's that's helpful, you know. And then you know sometimes you learn things in terms of doing other things, or you go, oh, uh, I can I can I can use that in sort of my real life, or you know my lunch money life, what have you. Right, right. So yeah, I think the things where I may have been, you know, I may have gotten complacent about, you know, might be like, oh, now I really have no patience for us on this. We gotta we gotta you know, buckle down and figure this part of the show out or something, you know, cause we just did, we just wrote a musical. If we could do that. You know, we can, we can solve this little problem here. So, um, Molly, if, uh, people are interested in seeing and hearing you and lunch money live, uh, where can they see planet hopping? Um, well, right now, it is, you know, uh, the Harbison Theater in Columbia, South Carolina, and then in January, uh, Symphony Space in New York City, and then in the summertime, we're definitely bringing it to Brevard, North Carolina, and um, we're looking, we feel like we're going to be, um, as soon as we have, you know, better evidence of what the show is, which we will be, uh, you know, able to do now that once it's videotaped uh, at the performances next week, then we're going to really start promoting it um, more effectively so, <laughs> and so get more shows. Yeah, so that's November 15th and 16th at the Harbison Theater in Columbia, right. South Carolina, and the middle of January, January 14th? Uh, actually, it's January 4th. January 4th, in, sorry, in, excuse me. January 4th at Symphony Space, Upper West Side, New York City. So. Yeah. Great. Uh, and Molly, if uh, people want to find out more about you or Belle Bet or Lunch Money or anything else you want to throw a link to, where can people find out more about Lunch Money, et cetera, online? Uh, you can go to lunchmoneymusic.com or you can uh, keep an eye on our Facebook fan page for Lunch Money, which um, tends to be a nice place to get the little extra tidbits <laughs> and um, we're probably the most active on the social media side. So we'll help you find out all you need to know about belly bet from those places. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Molly, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciated the conversation. I, uh, I'm sorry that I live uh, 2000 miles away and won't be able to see the show, but I, I look forward to hearing, uh, reactions from you and and people who may have seen the show so um thank you so much for joining me today sure totally and you know you never know like we could end up you know touring big time with this you, you we might come to your town you i hope so know. we we we, <laughs> we have a uh, we have a puppet theater which uh both uh which primarily serves youth but also uh, occasionally does puppet shows for adults, but yeah, it'd be like if I could figure out how to get five people from Columbia, South Carolina, out to Phoenix, I would I would love to figure out how to do that. So right, <laughs> cool. Well, have a have a great day, and thank you again for joining me. Sure, thanks for wanting to hear about it. And listeners, thanks as always for tuning in. If you have any questions please send me an email zooglobal at earthlink.net you if you listen to this via itunes you can feel free to rate and record the podcast and as always thanks for listening talk to you soon bye <laughs>